Myself a little louder. Yes, praise God. Willie, I want to sit down, brother. This is a teaching word. This is a teaching word. But if God tells you to move, you got to move. Yes, I just, I, I just, I just want to be obedient to the teaching spirit the Lord has given me today. Ah, uh, yes, bring it down a little bit. Uh, God is good, amen. Uh, we thank God for Sister Phyllis Wheatley who has come. Come on, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now you got a new pastor, is that right? I need to meet him. People have been telling me that we need to meet each other. Let's let's talk about it, and so we so we can fellowship together. Amen. Uh, are you glad to be here today? I still hear a little ring. Um, if you're glad to be here today, let me hear you holler, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, okay. Now, if you are excited about the about Darren, Solomon, and Anastasia who made decisions for baptism today, show them how happy you are. Show them how I said, show them, show them how happy you are. Show them how happy you are today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ah, God is good. Amen. I remember they used to sing a song back in the day. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Y'all remember that? I've been washed in the spirit, yeah, washed in the blood, something about the spirit. I don't remember the words, but I, I'm just glad to be a part of the family of God. Come on, say it. Amen. Um, today, um, Pastor Coxum is not with us and because he is, he, is, he is traveling and preparing, and he's going to do some reconnaissance to, to look at the new location that he will be moving to. And so uh, uh, since he's not here, y'all know we're going to do something for him on May the 31st. We're going to do something special. And you know part of that is giving him some money. Come on, say amen. amen. Brothers and sisters, let me just help you out here. When a pastor gives his farewell, uh, he, 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 a card is nice. Come on, say amen. <laughs> a card is nice. But put something in there so he can set his house in order when he gets down there, all right? Yes, but put something in there. Help him remember us. A photo is nice. Come on, say Amen. But put, put something in there. Come on, say amen. amen. We want to send him off well. Would you say amen? amen? Because he has been a blessing to us. And, and I'm learning about this thing called reciprocity. In other words, every relationship has to have reciprocity. You just don't take and take and take. You got to give something back. Especially if somebody has been a blessing to you, then we're going to be a blessing to this man of God as we see him off. Amen. So get your little pennies in order for May the 31st, amen? Also, on May 21 through 24, let me tell you how good God is. Roscoe Fowler comes into my office. Raise your hand, Roscoe Fowler. Roscoe Fowler is our men's ministries leader. He comes in my office. He said, Pastor, I feel in my spirit that we need to have a men's revival. All right, now, hold on. Watch this. That ain't, that ain't the testimony. That ain't the testimony, is it? He came in and said, we need to have a men's revival. I said, okay, uh, you know, we, I don't know how we're going to do it. I mean, we, we, we kind of broke and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, 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 and as he was talking, I discovered that four of my favorite preachers, my favorite, I know you got favorite, but four, four of my favorite preachers are going to be in Cleveland the same time he wants to have the revival. Y'all not hearing me. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants us to have a revival. <laughs> We got four preachers who are going to be in town, and we have called them. They said, don't worry about our flights and all that kind of stuff. We're going to be there. 
We'd love to come by and share this experience with you. Ain't no way in the world normally we'd be able to get all that power in one room at the same time. So from Wednesday to Sabbath, May 21st through 24th, we're going to have a men's revival. In order to make it happen, we're asking every man in the church to contribute $50 to that effort so that we can have it and it can make it happen. Come on, say amen. Is that all right? Is that all right? Y'all, everybody said amen to the revival, but nobody said amen to the 50. Come on, say reciprocity. Reciprocity. You just can't take. You got to give something. Come on, say amen. And then I want to honor the Lord today, the, the woman that, that bore me for nine months. Come on, say amen. Amen. And, and, put, up with, and put up with me for, 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 for several, several hundred thousand months after that. Amen. And my smart mouth, praise the Lord today, the Lord is able to turn it around. She's, she's seeing that God turned it around. Now, my mom is a sweet person, and, uh, you know, but I will tell you, back in the day, uh, that she would, uh, she would get in my behind. Oh, yes, she would. Bless his name. And so, and so she rejoices now to see, see a day that she did not know would come. Come on, say amen. amen. Using my mouth that I had used for evil. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now I'm using it for good. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask my mom to stand up right now. Stand, mommy. Yay! Ain't she sharp? Come on, say amen. Now, mom, you got to let them know, because, you know, sometimes I like to dress down for church, but just tell them, I know how to dress up. Come on, say amen. I know how. See my mom with that sugar sharp hat on? I know, I know, I know, how, you, I know how you're supposed to do it. Well, let me tell you why my mom is here. My mom is here because tomorrow I was supposed to graduate. I'm supposed to. I got a call on Monday from the school, and the school said, you're short three credits. Now, I'm like, why are you calling me on Monday? <laughs> And graduation, they, they were very apologetic. Come to discover, we ended up fixing it. I'm done. I'm really done. I'm really done. Mar- I mean, graduating is really the formality of it. But um, we're going to wait until August. But she came for that. And so we're going to have a good time. So uh, I'm going to be busy tomorrow with my family. Amen? Yeah. I'm going to celebrate. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm anxious to get in God's word today. I just feel like God is about to do something and say something today. Oh, man. Ain't he all right? I said, ain't God all right? I know he's all right, amen? The book of Acts is where we're going today, Acts. Acts has just been disturbing this preacher, just been messing me up, man. Just messing me, just messing me up. You know, a lot of times we think that we are so spiritual until we read the Bible. Listen, if you think you all that, just read the Bible. Just read the Bible. You think you're so spiritual, read the Bible. And just start looking at the lives of people who were for real committed to this thing. Come on, say amen. Acts chapter 20 is where we're going to begin. Acts chapter 20. And uh, uh, today, uh, the title of my message is, I don't want to be happy. I don't want to be happy. I don't want to be happy. I'm over that. Come on, say amen. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verse 17. When you found it, say amen. If you're on your way, say I'm on my way. If you ain't doing nothing, say I ought to be ashamed of myself. Come on, get in your word today. I'm going to be using the word today. I need you to get in your word today. Thy word, somebody say, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. The word of God. Come on, say it like you say when you're in the mirror pretending like you're a preacher. The word of God is my 
textbook. I'm going to read it. I'm going to study it. I'm going to live it. Let the church say amen. Now, are you there? Shout hallelujah. All right. The Bible says from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, and if you don't have the same version I'm coming out of, it's on the screen. You know, I love this line here. I love this line. Everybody can't say this. You know how I have lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia. Verse 19 says, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears. Although I was severely tested, by the plots of the Jews. Have I got anybody here today that's being tested? And you know you're being tested. The Bible says in verse uh, 20, you know, somebody shout, you know. Come on, somebody shout, you know. That I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. Paul is saying this, who I was in public, I was that same guy in private. Everybody can't say that either. Some of us do well with being good Christians in front of folk. But the real struggle, I'm going to tell you right now, character is not who you are when people are looking. Character is who you are when ain't nobody looking. Come on, say amen. And some of you don't even trust yourselves if you don't have a crowd in front of you. Some of you don't know how to control yourselves when ain't nobody around you. Some of something. I'm going to use this illustration now. I was going to wait. But some of most everybody in here is a Don Sterling. Oh, Lord. All y'all black folk said we finally got him. He's banned. That old racist. We dealt with him. Justice was served. Come on, say amen. Can we tell you now? Now, listen, don't get me wrong. I wasn't happy about it. Amen. But as I began to let the Holy Spirit deal with me, I began to discover, I said, wait a minute. I'm just like Don Sterling. Come on, say amen. Can I keep it 100 for you right now? Can I keep it 100 for you right now? The same stuff Don Sterling said about black folks. I said the same thing about everybody. Some of us, some of us feel like, oh, yeah, we got him. Yeah, he ain't right. If you opened up your mouth and said he ain't right, you're just as hypocritical as I am. Because if the truth be told, if, if, if God could put a tape recorder in places where we're not public and in private places and people could hear the stuff that comes out of our, let's take it a step further. What if people could read our thoughts? What if God right now took down, took, I mean, opened up our eyes and we could read one another's thoughts sitting beside us. Yo, the truth of the matter is, Don Sterling did not get in trouble because he's a racist. Don Sterling got in trouble because he's messing with people in power's money. He should have got in trouble a long time ago when he was discriminating against colored people for being able to have proper housing. But you're rejoicing now because he, he got dealt with. But the fact of the matter is, you ought to be rejoicing that there was no tape recorder in your house. You ought to be praising God that there was no video camera in your bedroom. You ought to be praising the Lord that nobody was looking at you when you were in your worst moment. Come on in here, somebody. 
Paul said, the same guy I have been in private, I've been that guy in public. The same guy I've been in public, I've been that guy in private. Anybody can shout at church. Anybody can say good morning at church. Anybody can be nice at church. I was listening to my buddy tell a story the other day. He said he was in the airport and he had on a t-shirt and the t-shirt said, I am the church. And my buddy's the type dude that he's kind of an introvert. He doesn't really like, you know, talking to people. And, he, you know, he said when he goes in the airport, he don't want to be fooled with nobody. Kind of, yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I want to go in. I want to get my seat. I want to get through security. I want to get on the airplane. And when I get on the airplane, I don't want to talk to nobody. I want to go to sleep. My man said that when he, went, when he went through security, some guy kept looking at his shirt and saying, you're a Christian? He says, yeah. He says, so am I. He said, okay. He said, that makes us brothers. Okay. He said for the rest of the trip, he said he just talked the hole in his head about the goodness of God, about his testimony, and about Jesus. And he said after he got, after the trip was over, he said the Holy Ghost said to him, he said Christianity is not simply the shirt that you wear. Some of us ain't nice to people at the grocery store. Some of us cut folk off in traffic. See, it's easy to walk in God when you're around those that say they walk in God too. But I'm discovering one of the reasons why we're struggling to reach the world is because we're on, we only know how to be holy when we're around holy folk. Paul said, oh, I love Paul. Paul, and listen, many of us can't say it with his confidence. Paul said, check me out. He says, you know, but the same person I was behind closed doors, I've been that guy in public. There is no hypocrisy in me. Mercy, God. Lord, get me to a place where I walk, as David said. David says, behold, he says, I walk in truth. I want my life to be, uh, this is a, a term I learned when I was studying geometry in school, and I never forgot it. The word is congruent. I, I want it to fit. I want what I do. I don't want people to look at my Facebook page and, and be confused about who I am. I don't want people to look at my, my Instagram page. And, and it's amazing. I, and I said this last week. Some of us put these epithets in. And we put these, we put these, these mantras on us. Talking about I love God and I serve God. And you got all kind of filth on your social media page. God says I'm looking for the, more than just for people to be talking about what they believe. I'm looking for some activity in your life. I'm looking for some power. The same person I am behind closed doors is the same person you see every day. There ain't no fakeness in me. I am who I am. He said, verse 20, you know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you. Sometimes you got to tell folk the truth, whether they get mad or not. Y'all not hearing me. You're not hearing me. Sometimes you got to receive the truth when folks tell you the truth about yourselves. See, many of us are quick to tell the truth about other people, but we are less resistant to hear truth about self. He says, I've not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you. Let me move now. He says, but, 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 but you have taught, but have taught you publicly from house to house, and I've declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in the Lord Jesus. Now, here it goes. This is my sermon. This is my sermon. Here it goes. Verse 22. And now, Compelled by who? 
Compelled by who? Compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. Not knowing what will happen to me there. Pause. Paul is saying, I know that me and Jerusalem have issues. Every time Paul went to Jerusalem, Paul had to fight. As a matter of fact, Paul caught more hell from the church folk than he caught hell from anybody else. Every city that he went to wrong. See, see, he was harassed by church people. As a matter of fact, the Jews would follow Paul on all his missionary journeys and they would simply try to impede and to hinder and to oppose his work. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about in here. Have you ever been in a situation where you are trying to get something accomplished and it just seemed like there were those who were simply trying to hinder what God was trying to do through you? Paul says, Paul says, hold on for a second. He says, I know that there will be opposition. I know that people are going to try to hinder me. I know that they will try to kill me. But watch what he says. He says, but I feel compelled to go anyway. There are many of us sitting in here right now who simply on the sign of opposition and difficulty run in the other direction. This is where I want to build my house today. We are people who love to take the road of least resistance. As a matter of fact, most of us assume that the less trouble, the less difficulty, the less I'm harassed, the less I'm talked about, that's the road that God wants me to go on. But as I study the life of Paul, as I read the word of God, stay with me, brothers and sisters, I'm coming to discover that if God has given you an assignment, if you are called by God, you will discover that broad is the way that leads to destruction and narrow and cumbersome and difficult and oftentimes grievous and, 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 and stressful is the way of those that want to live godly. But I love Paul. Paul says, just because there's difficulty, I'm not scared of difficulty. And there's some of you right now that have hard things to do and you won't do them simply because you are afraid of ever being uncomfortable. You've lived your whole life controlling your life. You, 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 you despise any wrinkle in your garment, any hiccup in your phrase, any interruption. Some, some of y'all, if somebody wake you up before you want to get up, you don't know how to act. <laughs> some of us, you know, it's funny. I never thought that, I always thought that people would say, preachers would say this, I mean, in jest and not be for real. But I'm realizing it's true. Some of you, if someone's sitting in your seat... Now, you made two mistakes. You don't got no seat. The next mistake is if you sit in the same spot long enough, you're going to think it's yours. But there's some of us, hear me now, and I'm just, I'm trying to illustrate here that if there is any adjustment, any change, anything that forces us to have to move out of our comfort zone, we resist it, we fight it, we don't want it, we, we exit out. People in our lives that cause us difficulty, we want them out. But I'm learning right now to appreciate difficult people. I'm learning to appreciate difficult circumstances. I'm learning to praise God for enemies. I'm thanking him for haters. I'm thanking him for folk that lie on 
on me and talk about me. What I've discovered is the least amount of opposition and difficulty in my life always equals me being Laodicean, lukewarm, and I oftentimes pray less. I remember when I first got here, all y'all must have been in trouble because on Wednesday night, this church was as full as it is now for prayer meeting. You remember after 9-11? You remember after 9-11 was on a Tuesday, that Wednesday night at church. You couldn't find the parking space. You couldn't find the seat. You know why? And God, God understands this. God recognizes that the minute we have peace, the minute there is a calm, the minute there is less resistance, we get comfortable, we don't see God, we don't pray, we don't study, because life is too calm and easy for us. And that's why Paul says, I've learned not to, I've learned not to be caught up in being happy. Paul said, watch this. He said, I don't want to be happy. You know what the definition of happy is? Can I tell you? Ask for real. That song driving me crazy. Can't get it out of my head. Because I'm happy. Tired of it. Some of y'all saved and y'all know that song. It's everywhere. And listen, man, I'm about to rip that song up right now. The believer does not seek happiness. See, in our society, what we've been taught is happiness at any cost. Do you know what happiness is? Happiness is saying yes to myself. Happiness is a cute way of saying I'm selfish. The Bible does not teach happiness. The Bible teaches, oh, y'all not here, y'all not, y'all not with me right now. The, the Bible, forgive me now, the Bible does not teach happiness, the Bible teaches joy. Now, joy only comes from the Holy Ghost. See, I can be happy with the brother that I'm with right now. Uh, and the sister, and the brother says, I can be happy with this sister that I'm with right now. But here's the new thing in marriage that I'm about to put my foot all over. I'm not happy no more. Well, let me tell you something, baby. Marriage ain't about happiness in the first place. You ought to have known that before you got married. Ain't no Negro with two legs and two arms on planet Earth can make nobody happy. I can't make my wife happy. As crazy as we are, come on in here, somebody. As moody as we can be. How dare you think you can find happiness from your career and you can find happiness from your friends and you can find happiness from your hobbies. Uh, I've been so dis I've been disappointed so much in my life by things that I expected to be there when I thought it was that I'm learning to detox myself from the premonition and the predilection of being addicted to happy. I don't want to get happy. I don't want to be happy. What I want is the joy of the Lord. Because the joy of the Lord has nothing to do with what's going on in my life. People could be lying on me and talking about me. I could have cancer in my body. I could lose my, lose my son and lose my daughter and lose my job. But when the joy of the Lord is your strength, you don't need nobody to make you happy. And you cannot have joy if you do not have the Holy Ghost. Now, as I'm looking at this passage, 
I'm disturbed by Paul's mindset. Notice what he says here. Let me wrap this thing up. The Bible says in verse 22, and now compelled by the spirit. Can I, can I, can I, can I teach this thing just for a second? He says, I'm going to Jerusalem. Know this, Jerusalem is a place of punishment. But Paul is so bent on trying to unite the church. Bless your heart, we have these new souls that are here today. Hear me now. Every member in this church ought to touch them before they leave here today. Some of y'all have come and told me when I first joined this church, only, you, you'll say stuff like this, the only reason I'm here today is because of Jesus. Because if it was for the people. Hey, can I get any witnesses in here? Any witnesses in here? And, and I want to say to them and I say to all of us, you can't count on people. You can't count on them, but you should be able to if they know Jesus. Oh, y'all, see, you, you thought I was going to let you off the hook there. No, 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 no. If I know him, then, then my word ought to be my bond. People ought to be able to count on me. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. I know we don't come from the same zip code and from the same address and have the same blood. But bless your heart, that's why I left the world. I left the world because the world didn't give me nothing but heartache and pain and disappointment. The reason I joined the church is because I'm looking for a real family. I'm looking for folk that are going through what I'm going through. I'm not looking for you to judge me. I'm not looking for you to talk about me. I'm looking for you to tell me your story story. Tell me how God has been working in your life. Tell me the struggles you've experienced. Tell me how you have had to pray your way through. Where are my saints at in here? Tell me how you had to fight your way through. Tell me when you fail, but you had sins to get up again. Don't just tell me the good parts. Tell me the bad parts as well. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's family. Paul said, I don't care if they don't like me. I'm going there anyway. Most of y'all, <laughs> you're not there. I'm not there. If I assume that somebody does not like me, my mindset is, is I ain't fooling with them. What I'm discovering, though, is, now I'm not going to make them like me. However, because you can't, you can't make nobody like you. If you know I'm telling the truth, wave your hand in the air and wave it like you just don't care. Come on in here. If you know, you can't force them. However, what I'm discovering is, is that I must intentionally, and here, here's the word for us today. This is really the big idea. Paul is teaching us, here's a new way of thinking. This protects you from constant disappointment. What I'm about to tell you right now will protect you from mood swings. What I'm about to tell you right now will protect you from being up one day, down the other. Are you ready? Paul discovered that I don't run from difficulty. I run to difficulty. Oh, no, no, pastor. That, that makes no sense. Because with difficulty, there's pain. Why would I run to pain? Here it is now. Because huh, pain <laughs> is God's way of strengthening you. Pain can do that. Pleasure cannot. We pray, God, remove my enemies. God, take me out of the drama. God, get me out of this job. 
God, get rid of my husband. God, get rid of my wife. God, you know, I like this preacher. Send us another one. God, some of y'all got the nerve. Some of y'all probably asked for a new God. You're so sometimey and don't know how to get through. Here it is, brothers and sisters. What I'm learning, I'm learning. And as I learn, as I read through the book of Acts, I see that Paul's constant move was this. Where are the difficult people? Put me where they are. He would be warned by the spirit. The spirit would tell Paul. The spirit would say to him, Paul, if you go to Jerusalem, they're going to abuse you. Paul was so close to God, he didn't interpret that as don't go. Paul would interpret that, that I got something for you when I get there. Understand this. Let's go look at the three Hebrew boys. Do you realize that when they were thrown in the fiery furnace, that, that Jesus did not show up until they got in the difficult place? I have never grown with pleasure. I've never grown getting whatever I want. I've never grown in a happy place. Have I got anybody in here? Every step that I've taken, Tamika, every move of growth that God has put inside of me. Somebody said, tough times make tough people. The reason why I know how to pray and not give up now is because I had to go through a situation that required of me to hang on to God when I wanted to let go. You don't get muscles by looking at weights. You get muscles by getting up under the weight. Hey, God. And you got to push the weight and press the weight and push the weight and press the weight. Some of us are avoiding the gym of our spiritual lives. We avoid the tough stuff and we avoid the stuff that makes us get up in the morning and makes us pray all night long and makes us have to forgive and love our enemies. Paul says, I'm not running from trouble. I ain't scared. I'm running to trouble because I've got something that trouble is afraid of. I've got the power of God in my life and I would rather, hear me now, I'd rather, I would rather die and be living on purpose than live and not. Here's here's why many of us are going to be lost. Not because you ain't clubbing. That's the only sins we know. Sex, drugs, alcohol, money. Sex, drugs, alcohol, money. Those are the sinners. Sex, drugs, alcohol, money. Sinners, sinners, sinners. What about pride? If I read my Bible correctly, the Bible says there's seven things God hates. And, 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 and using drugs wasn't on the list. Sex wasn't on the list. Look at Proverbs 6. Don't go there now, but you know what it says? He says he hates a haughty spirit. He hates pride. He hates a lying and deceitful tongue. The Bible says he hates those that are swift towards evil and mischief. The stuff that's going to get most of us lost are character issues, not stuff that people can see. Second thing that's going to cause us to be lost is not, not doing the bad stuff, but not doing the stuff that God told you to do. No, collect, think about this. Collectively, with all of us in here who claim to believe God, the whole city of Cleveland should know who Jesus is by now. You know what that tells me? If the whole city of Cleveland does not know who Jesus is right now, that means that we, most of us, are committing the sin of omission. Which is to say, the word of God teaches us, it says that if a man knows to do good 
and does it not, to him is a sin. You walking around here, I ain't at the club, I ain't sexing, look at her dress. How's she going to come up in church like that? And you've been sitting on your behind for years, ain't led one soul to Christ. Last time you prayed for somebody, last time you blessed somebody other than your own family. Oh, it's quiet in here now, Zion. See, if church was simply this, come say amen, shout out, good, I feel good about that. Go home, do nothing, watch TV all week, just do what you want to do. You on your schedule, you on your agenda, it's my life, it's my business, you stay out of it. And guess what, you ain't never been to the club, you ain't never smoked a blunt, you ain't never had no crack, you ain't, ne- you ain't never sang the song Happy with Pharrell, you ain't, ne- you ain't done all of that stuff. But guess what, because you resist to do what God told you to do. When the Holy Ghost has been telling me, I want obedience out of you. There's assignments that God has given us. And many of us, we're we're so afraid because we know that the assignment has inside of it difficulty. It's like my buddy, he always tells a story about how when he made his first cake. Had to put stuff in there he didn't like. Baking soda. I don't want that in my cake. Huh? I don't like eggs. Ain't gonna put that in either. Is the cake gonna come out of that? See, in order to make a cake, you got to have the sweet stuff and you got to have the bitter stuff. In order to have a good life. You too busy trying to remove baking soda and eggs and salt and God's saying, that's the stuff that I need to put in you. Now notice notice what he says. I gotta go. Notice what he says here. Let's let's end this thing. Watch what Paul says. Paul says, he said, however, I consider my life, verse 24, worth nothing to me. I just got weak in the knees on that. Who can say that? Who can say? No, you're real holy. But how many of us can say, I don't care about my life. I could care less about my personal happiness. Could care less. Care less. Notice what he says here. He goes on to say, he says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of his grace. Brother and sister, I'm not trying to be on myself. We, this is not being preached anymore. What we, this is what we want to hear. Your blessing is on the way. Get ready, get ready, it's coming. Just, just reach out and receive it. And, and here's what God is saying. God is saying, no, 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 no. I, 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 I would rather bless you with suffering because that's going to make you mature. If I always give you what you want, that's going to make you selfish. And in the body, we have a spirit of selfishness. Case in point, Paul says this. Paul, and matter of fact, you study the text. The Paul says, the text says, people came to Paul inspired by the Spirit. Go to chapter 21. I want you to see something here. I 
Go to verse 4. Paul says, I'm going to Jerusalem. The people say, the Holy Ghost told us there's going to be trouble there. Their interpretation was, don't go. See, the difference between the mature Christian and the immature Christian is avoid difficulty at all costs. Avoid being humble. Avoid being uncomfortable. Avoid sacrifice. I know why shouting now. No. This is many of our, this is, here's most of our theology. I love God, but I do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. That's your theology. Yes, it is. That's why you ain't doing nothing in church. Why, why aren't you serving? Why aren't you, why aren't you involved in ministry? Pastor, because I'm busy. I don't like the leadership. I don't like the direction that they're going in. You know what you're saying? Because watch this now. I'm going to show you how Paul, you're talking about somebody who had a reason not to get in ministry? How about they're, they're trying to kill him? How about you ain't suffering like that? Not in the church? Pastor's not leading in the way that I think he should. And? What's that got to do between you and God? See, what we want to do is, help me, Lord, we want to live our lives the way we want to do it, and we want to do it with God's rubber stamp. And then to make it worse, then we have people around us that encourage us in our spiritual stupidity. See, they've not been hearing from God the way you have, but they can see the hesitation in you, and they say, oh, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't fool with her. After what she did to you? And we love to sit around. I'm here now. Don't like the service. Don't like what they're wearing. Wish we could do it the way we used to. And then the young folks say, don't like the old folk. Don't like what they're doing. Don't like their style. I'm going to wait until it happens my way. That's the interpretation. If it ain't the way I want it, then I ain't going to give myself fully to it. Paul says, first of all, I ain't giving myself to none of y'all up in here anyway. I'm going to Jerusalem because God told me to go. And I will not avoid difficulty. I will not avoid trials. I will not avoid tribulation. I will not avoid people that are difficult to me because I've got to do what God told me to do. You weren't there when he changed my life. You weren't there when he opened my blinded eyes. I'm compelled to go. I, I can't, I got no choice to go. I'm addicted to going. I'm a fiend to go. I, God saved, he saved my soul. He changed my life. The only thing I can do is do what he told me to do.
Now watch this. Verse 7, 21. Paul's on his way, right? Finding the disciples there, we stayed with them seven days. Now watch this line. If you ain't careful in studying your word, you see this is a contradiction. The scripture says this. It says, through the who? Through the who? It says, through the spirit, they urged Paul not to go. Did you catch that? No, 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 no. Stay with me now. Paul just said in the preceding chapter, the spirit has told me to go. My same Bible is now saying that a group of people have come to Paul and they're saying the Spirit's telling us not to go. Now, I want to say this here. I'm going to trust Paul on this one. But check this out. What the Spirit did for Paul, he doesn't do for many of us. Now, in their interpretation, see, the Spirit in prayer, the Spirit told them, Paul's going to be killed. And he was, by the way, and I can't wait to preach this sermon. Paul got his head cut off in Rome. He got his head cut off. He was decapitated for the cause of Christ. Now, watch this now. In their mind, they hear trouble. And so their interpretation was, don't go. Paul says, trouble but the Spirit's interpretation is, go. Be careful of people in your life who tell you what you want to hear. Uh, let me confess something here. To me, the most difficult stronghold to break free from, it ain't drugs, it ain't... It ain't it's people. Some of us are utterly controlled by people. I'm going to tell you right now, if that was most of us in here and somebody came and told us, I don't go to East Cleveland. Don't go to Euclid. <laughs> I ain't no laughter on that one, huh? Huh? You know what we do? Well, oh, okay. And here's the problem. You ain't sought the Lord. You haven't prayed. You, you, you don't hear from God. You ain't in your word. Oh, come on now. When the last time you spent an hour in the Bible? Oh, pastor, that's just too much. You watched the hour of the game. Mm. Mm. Are we asking too much here? Well, last time you spent an hour in prayer. Oh, come on, Pastor. I'm not there yet. But you, 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 you spent an hour watching Scandal. And so, and so no wonder we can't hear from God. No wonder we keep making dumb decisions. Some of us have grown old, but have not grown up. The book of Hebrews tells us, how can you identify an immature Christian? It's a person who always tells themselves, yes. 
Isn't that what babies do? Babies, they, they can't stand the word no unless they're going to use it. But when you're born, you're born selfish. It's mine, 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 mine. You got to teach them little, little rascals to share, don't you? I almost said something else, didn't I? You come out selfish, amen? Now, here's the thing. Now, some of you say, I'm not a selfish person. I'm not selfish. You don't know. Pastor, I'm not selfish at all. I'm very giving. Okay, all right, okay. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, then you are selfish. It is impossible not to be selfish if your life is not being governed, Sister Davis, by the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God, this is what the Spirit of God does for me. Yesterday, I'm standing in the line, grocery, Walmart. I'm mad. Because you got person, person, in line. You know Walmart, three registers open, 5,000 people in there. So I'm mad. I'm mad because I'm trying to hurry up and it's the Sabbath is coming. And I'm mad because there's a crying baby there. And, 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 and then sister girl, she, she cannot find her debit card. So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, right. And she's fumbling and looking, and the child is crying, and I'm upset. I might as well have put on that shirt like my buddy and said, I am, a ch- I am the church. I'm mad. And then the Holy Ghost, I thank God that he speaks to us. She's searching and looking for her card. I said, sis, how much you need? I had $100 in my wallet. And I felt like, you know, the Holy Spirit, he, I don't know about you, but he intentionally puts me in positions where I have to give more than I want to. So I'm mad. I'm like, there go my hundred. I got to go explain to Shanae that the Holy Ghost told me <laughs> to give away a hundred dollars. And sister said, I, I just need, I need $20. The Holy Ghost said, see, I told you. Get your head right. Look to be of service. Stop thinking about you. I'm in Walmart, and the only thing, and this is natural, the only thing in my mind is get what I got to get and get out. But the Spirit of God's got another agenda. The Spirit says, I want you to bless somebody in there. There's somebody that came in five minutes after you did, and you don't even know it, but I ought to be praying up and down the aisles. I ought to be praying all over that big store that I get tired walking around in. I ought to be praying and saying, God, if you can use anything, Lord, use me. Is there somebody here today, God, that you want me to speak life to, that you want me to be a blessing to? I think I made my point. You cannot... You, hear, hear me now. You cannot be happy while trying to live for yourself. Can I, t- can I tell you a secret real quick? You're always going to be disappointed. Amen. Can I give you some examples? Single folk, young adult folk, when you're trying to find the right one. When you choose the one that's going to make you happy, they're the wrong one. But when you let the Holy Ghost... Some of y'all go from church to church to church, hopping around, trying to find the church that feeds you. Everywhere you go, you're going to be disappointed. 
Some of you are trying to find a career that's the right match because you want to be happy. Guess what? God has not called us to happiness. He called us to do his will. And when we do his will, he will give us a joy that the world did not give and that the world can't take away. All right. So here's what I want to ask today. Wait, my brother. This is a strong one right here. God told me, he said, Myron, the percentage of your life is dominated by you. Whatever you're chasing, you're not going to get it. David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord. And that one thing will I seek after. Matthew said, seek first the kingdom. Moses said, thou shalt have no other gods. Happiness is a false god. Comfort is a false god. Avoiding conflict, avoiding difficulty, avoiding God's purpose for your life is idolatry. But is there, is there anybody in here right now? Your finances ain't all right. Your health ain't all right. Your children ain't all right. Your marriage ain't all right. You ain't all right, but you just happy and you got the joy of the Lord and you don't even know why. You know why? Because you ain't happy. You got joy. <laughs> Anybody ever get up and it wasn't a good day? It was a bad hair day. Come on, say amen. Huh? You looked in your account. It was overdrawn, but you still found, but you couldn't, you, you just had joy in you and you couldn't, you, you just, the world couldn't give it and the world couldn't take it away. Has anybody ever confused your own self? Because you began to praise the Lord and you began to bless him even though your life was a living hell at the moment. Even though you were going through stuff that you had never wanted. But for some reason there was something within you that would hold the rain. Something within you that would vanquish pain. And you just found a space to bless him at all times and honor him for his goodness and thank him for what you do have. I love what my buddy says when he prays. He says, Father, we come to you today. And we're not going to ask you for what we need. We're going to thank you for what we already have. There are those of you who are in here right now that simply want to look back over your shoulder and begin to remind yourself of what God has done in your life. I know it ain't all right, but is there anybody that can thank him right now? Can get on your feet and say, thank you, Lord. I'm here today. I'm still alive. I'm still blessed. I got clothes on for the winter. I got clothes for the summer. I got clothes. There's some folk that don't got no clothes. I thank him that my mind is working right. Because there was a day I thought I was going to lose my mind. I thank him I can smile at folk that turn their back on me. I thank him that I can praise him. Even when I'm under the weight of the load of my own sin. If God before me. Who can be against me? I was young and now I'm old. 
but I've never, I've never, I've never, I said I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. If you know the Lord's been good, lean back your head and somebody holler, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. You saved my soul. You pulled me out of a burning hell. I got a right to praise you. I got a right to bless you. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And oh. Uh, the word to you today is count your blessings. Somebody, somebody needs to go home and, and take out a sheet of paper to get your attitude right and start counting your blessings. He healed my body. He told me to run on. I got food on my table. I know you're middle class and you got a little money in your pocket, but some of y'all came from shotgun homes in the country and you didn't have nothing. You ought to thank him right now that you, not, that you are in a place that you never thought you'd be. Thank you. I thank God today. Uh, there were times my children were in dangerous places and people came in malls and they had it in their mind to take my children and to molest my children. But I want to thank God today that he put a hedge of protection about them. I thank God that he protected my children when the enemy came in like a flood. The spirit of the Lord lifted up a standard against him. Some of, you, some of you in here, you were, you were two seconds away from the car accident that killed the person in front of you. And it's only because you left late that you didn't get killed. But how many know it was the grace of God, the angel of the Lord, and camped around about them? Some of you were in the crack house and... And, 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 and heroin house and, and your friends OD'd your friends got locked up your friends got AIDS that should have been you I declare today we're not grateful enough Paul says I ain't worried about difficulty he says, he says I, I have suffered less than I've been blessed I've suffered less than I've been blessed these little hey, Paul said this he says man these momentary Light afflictions. <laughs> he said, he says, he says, the light afflictions. Paul, what are you talking about? You were stranded out there in the middle of the ocean. Paul, you were beaten with a cat of nine tails. Paul, people tried to kill you. Friends turned their backs on you. What do you mean, light afflictions? Paul said, he says, compared to the glory that I'm about to get, it's worth it to go through hell down here. So that I don't have to go to the other hell. Come on, say amen. He says, because these momentary struggles I'm going through are making me the man God wants me to be. Oh, Father God, right now, forgive me. Forgive me for my complaining spirit. Forgive me for my selfish spirit. God, forgive me for looking at for looking at everybody else and wishing I was as blessed as they were not knowing I'm as blessed as you want me to be 
And because of that, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Some of y'all remember when you were children and, and you grew up in a home where they had manners. And they taught you, one of the first things they taught you was how to say thank you. Oh, some of y'all know how to say yes, sir, and no, ma'am, but, 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 but you got to learn how to say uh, yes, sir, and no, ma'am. Uh, uh, yes, sir, to him. You got to learn how to say thank you to the Lord sometimes. I know you know how to treat folk right, but, but do you know how to bless the Lord? Do you know how to tell him thank you? Do you know how to bless his name? Do you know how to lift your hands? Do you know how to open up your mouth and say, if it had not been for the Lord... I got a question. Is there anybody here? You're, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. You're fed up. You're fed up. That's all I got. You're fed up. You finished the sentence. But if you're fed up with whatever current situation you got going on, and I mean, this is for real folk. I mean, you're tired. You're tired. Of, of this of this rut you have yourself in then seek him if that's you I want you to come down here and let me pray for you if that's you I want you to come down here you're tired you're fed up it's time for a change in your life it's time for a change in how you've been doing things it's time for you to order your priorities differently you need a shift in your thinking, a shift in your doing. You're tired of folk using and abusing you. You, you want to start using that negative energy for your good. Anybody else? Holy Ghost told me, Brother Fowler, he said, he said, every member in this church should be in ministry. But he said, the reason why God's people are not in ministry is because they're in me. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about they're caught up in me, in self. I'm telling you right now, this past year has been, it's been a hell of a year. I don't know any way how to say it. I mean, it's, it's been tough. Oh, my gosh. I mean, what we've gone through, what we've experienced. But can I tell you all something? I'm stronger. I'm wiser. I'm better. I mean, can anybody look back over your life and say, oh, there's a difference. Yeah, I, I, took, I took one to the head by the enemy and, and I got knocked down, but, but I'm stronger, I'm wiser, I'm better. You can never be happy when your focus is you. You can only be happy when God becomes your number one desire and serving his people becomes your number one desire. Here's the order, saints. God, number one. Family, number two. Oh, can I say something about that? There's some of, there's some of us in here who've been neglecting our families. And I know there's division. I know that there has been divorce. I know that there has been court cases and so forth and so on. But the word of the Lord to you today is... That my word is not subject to a court. My word is not subject to some angry person. I have, the Bible says, a man that does not take care of his household is worse than an infidel. You cannot say you love God and do not love your family. 
Some of us are in here shouting and praising God. And we got folks that's flesh and blood and we don't even talk to them. God says first family, first God, second family, then his church. Not your hobby, his church. Finally, you. Paul had his priorities in line. For God I'll live, for God I'll die. Is there anybody here today that needs to join God's church? The Spirit of God is speaking to you. You need to join his church. God's calling you. You're so fed up. You're saying, I need to be baptized. I need to surrender. I need a fresh start. I need to be born again. If you're here today, raise your hand. If you're here today, raise your hand. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Come on, my brother. Come on, my brother. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. I saw the Holy Ghost moving on you the whole time. I saw the Spirit of God speaking to you the whole time. I saw the Spirit of God speaking to him the whole time. Let us put our hands and rejoice. Let us rejoice today. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody? Yes, Lord! Yes, Lord! Anybody else? Paul said, who I am in private is who I am in public. Some of you got private lives that don't match your public life. I got an answer for you today. It's not in your own strength. Because in your weakness, he's made strong. Can we worship on that right now? How many know that even though you're weak, he is to be, he is, his strength is made perfect in your weakness? Anybody else? Tim, God bless you. Come on, my brother. Let me pray for you. Come, come, Curtis. Let me pray for you as well. Tim, come on, just raise your hand. Today is your day. Today is your day. I need to surrender. I need to come to him. I'm tired. I'm sick and tired. And I know God's got a plan for my life. Ten. Nine. Come on. Eight. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Boy, I get so excited when I see souls being saved. Ooh, Lord. I want to pray right now before I pray. I'm so concerned about those that already know who Jesus is. But but unlike Paul, your life has not been dedicated to the mission that God's called you to. You've been dedicated to yourself. And that's why your life's so full of disappointment. And you're a believer. You got to, man, this selfishness thing. My God, this thing, this, oh Lord, if church was enough to get us in, we all get in, wouldn't we? God is not impressed with us showing up here today. You ain't do nobody no favor. We happy to see you, but God expected you to be here. Question today is, what are you going to do with your life? Are you going to say yes to the Lord? Is there somebody else today? I got about five more spiritual seconds, but somebody say yes. And I want to tell you right now, this is good soil. The Glenville Seventh-day Adventist Church. Oh, listen, God is doing a new thing here. And, And listen, there was a spirit in this church. There's a spirit in this church of humility, of humility, because we got folk in here that know where God has brought them from. Come on in here. We're not high and mighty. If you know what I'm talking about. My brother, my sister, here's a question today. 
If Jesus Christ were to come tonight, would you be ready? Would you be ready? Are you, are you in a relationship with him? Or are you fed up with your life and you're ready for a change? And you need to join his church. You need to get baptized and surrender your life to him. I want you to raise your hand. Raise your hand. Four. Three. It's all about Jesus. Amen. How many know he's still able to save? Let me tell you one of the lies. Here's one of the lies that the enemy is telling right now. One of the lies he's telling is, go get yourself together, then come back. Oh, that, how many know that's a lie from hell? If you could get yourself together, there'd be no need for Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. He came because you couldn't do it yourself. Somebody say thank you because uh, if somebody does something for you that you know that you can't do yourself, the appropriate response is thank you. Anybody else? Two. Two more seconds. Today is your day. One. Thank God. Lord, we praise you. We worship you. We lift up holy hands to you right now and give you the glory. There's none like you in all the earth. Once again, you showed the devil who's in charge today. You reminded him that he is simply a fallen angel and he is not in charge. You showed again that you are more powerful than the forces of darkness. You showed again today that you can save anybody. You showed again today that your arm is not too short, your ear too deaf, that it cannot hear or save. You showed today that it's not by might, nor is it by power, but it's by your spirit, says the Lord. And you are, you're building an army, God. You're raising up an army of folks that have been through some stuff, that have made some mistakes, but they got a testimony. They've got a testimony. I once was lost. But now I'm found. Thank you, Jesus. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. And they ain't taking stuff from the devil no more. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. And you have declared, I ain't going. I got my mind made up. And I won't turn back. Because I want to see Jesus someday. That's what our prayer is today. God, in Jesus' name. And let the redeemed of the Lord say amen. amen. Would you hug your neighbor and just tell them, thank God for Jesus. Just tell them, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Praise God. We're going to take this brother here today. Let's praise the Lord for our brothers who have come today. I Oh, praise the Lord. Let's have, let's have the white microphone on as we lift up this morning's tithes and offerings. Hello. Amen. Bless the Lord for the man of God and that word that God gave him. Amen. Will the deacons come forth for this morning's, uh, this afternoon's tithe and offering, please? Also for the men, just want to remind you for the men's revival that's going to be coming up in May, 
uh, towards the end of the month. Remember your $50 that we're all going to dedicate for that? You can put it in a tithe envelope and market men's revival so that we can get the ball rolling for that.